podcast? Huh. It's Big D After Dark on this Labor Day, celebrating our unions and our workers. Go get registered to vote. Go vote. Vote for fair wages and days off for everyone. But we have bad news to discuss tonight on Big D After Dark as we dissect FC Dallas's disappointing road loss to Real Salt Lake, a 3-2 result with two goals chipped in by Franco O'Hara and Jesus Ferreira on the road for Dallas. But the defense, once again, was disappointing. Is the playoff push over? What can FC Dallas do to pick themselves up? We'll discuss and get into a little United States men's national team talk as we take your questions and comments live here on Big D After Dark. Enjoy. All right, I'm feeling it tonight to talk about FC Dallas here with my my buddies here, Ben and Jose. What's up? It's good to good to have you all with us as you join us here on Facebook or on YouTube and we want your comments and questions. They show up. I can respond to them, uh, include them in the show. You can shape the conversation, and we can have a lot of fun as we talk about FC Dallas, United States men's national team drama, and uh, and maybe even a little North Texas soccer club. Um, so it's it's great to have you here with us this evening. Let's let's get right into it. But first, again, let me introduce. Uh, my compatriots for conversation here. Of course, I'm Nathan Hill at Nathan J Hill. You can follow me there on Twitter. There in the middle uh, is is our buddy Ben Lyon at Bird Turgler. Ben, say something positive. Something positive. Okay. And there the in the D, the D in Big D soccer stands for doomed. <laughs> and and. You could have said doo-doo. No. <laughs> okay, but anyway, all right. There on the end is our buddy Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. Uh, you you have something positive for us, Jose? Uh, I had the day off. That's about it. As positive right. as I get. Good, the day off. That is positive. There's one of our workers. Hey, I had the day off too. Let's hear it for the workers today. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get right into uh, our... Uh, Disappointing loss uh, uh, with, with FC Dallas talk here. Uh, disappointing loss for FC Dallas. They traveled to Real Salt Lake. Oh, and we got some extracurricular activity going on there, Jose. This but is it's... my other cat. This is Aria. All right. Well, she is very good. chatty and is about to kill my web. Well, hey, that's all right. And uh, <laughs> definitely has an opinion there, but FC Dallas is. Awful she's not performance. Happy. She's going to tell me all about it. <laughs> well, let, let's get right into this FC Dallas performance against Real Salt Lake. On the positive side, which has been kind of a struggle for this team, they scored two goals on the road. And one of Ben's uh, least favorite players, Frank O'Hara, got a kind of a poacher's kind of effort goal. And Jesus Ferreira had a just a tremendous effort on his goal. But it wasn't enough as as Real Salt Lake managed three goals past a, a, a Dallas defense that's still very much a work in progress. So, what's your takeaways from this game? Uh, is there something positive to take away 
Uh, or is it just negative? Is it just disappointing? Uh, Jose, we'll start with you tonight. <laughs> well, it's a disappointment because there was there was at least a point to be had on the road there. And, and seeing, you know, two goals go in that, that could have possibly been saved or stopped, you know, off those rebounds. It just hurts, you know. It, it especially when you get off to a one-zero start with Hara scoring, which you never see, and you're like, oh my god, we we've got a chance. And the team played well in the first half, and then they just couldn't. They just, you know, the defense let us down. I mean, that right side with uh, Tafari and and and, and Tuomasi, I mean, it was just the wrong week for them to struggle, you know. Mm. So. And also, I'm not blaming on them because, you know, Cirillo and, and, and uh, Cervania, who looked really good before, also struggled. And that was just, just a bad, bad combination, you know. And you don't have uh, – you, you had uh, our backup goalkeeper there, and, and he just wasn't enough to snuff, so. Well, I mean, you had nine saves. Well, yes, he did have nine saves. I, I mean, you got to give him that, but still, you, you have to believe that the two goals that got two of the goals that got past him could have been prevented. And and I don't know. I don't want to blame it on him. I think it was overall we saw you know, Obreon struggle. Not that's not shocking. Uh, and Hara had an assist. Hara after that goal did little else. So yeah. I mean, I think I think we all have to be pretty disappointed with ourselves because I, it, clearly we all thought we could have walked out of there with at least a point. Yeah, uh, typically you score a couple of goals on the road. That's that's a good scenario for a point at least, but um, not not to be. I mean, Ben, how would you rate the, this team? What would you take away from this match? Well, I, I, I took away from this match what you know. Um, you know, my philosophy for any game like this where Hara starts, I just skip it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I had the game thread up and it was like when I saw he scored, I was like, well, OK, I'm guessing it was a kind of a lucky goal and they'll fall apart. And, you know, and that's, Ben's, what, and that's, that's what happened. I mean, it's like false hope. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was that was his first open play goal in any of the starts this year. And. You know, I mean, like mm. I wasn't taking the bait. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Because, <laughs> because I, I mean, like I knew it would just lead to heartbreak. And you know what? I mean, it makes sense that the team gradually dwindled, dwindled after that. Because Frank O'Hara is a twenty-minute player. You know, that's, that's that's the best you can do. And so, starting him in 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 Salt Lake was a huge mistake, and basically giving away two points to start the game. So. Um, you know, that's my takeaway on, on the game. Um, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I missed it. I hope he didn't start this weekend, but I mean, it wouldn't matter anyway, cause I'm going to the OU game. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, how would you all rate Felipe? We've seen him now two games in a row. We know he's, his, his loan was extended. He's a young prospect. He has had some buzz about him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looks the part, I guess, as as much as we can say. Made some saves, but also, um, you know, couldn't parry the ball away enough out of danger and left the team open to some 
those rebounds. Um, it's tough, right? It's tough. It, it, it's tough to it, – it feels harsh to rate the guy like, hey, he's not going to work out when he was thrust into this situation. But we don't know how much longer this is going to, uh, you know, unfold, right? Uh, how much longer will the team need Felipe? Well, I mean, he's done what you want from a, from a backup. I mean, he's looked solid. He's looked competent. And, I mean – it's he shows flashes. I mean, like like Ben said, nine saves is nothing to you know laugh at. Um, so yeah, he, he shows that potential. The question is, is he worth you know the the rumored two million dollar buyout? I don't think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, excellent prospect, and and if they can get him on on a free or 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 half of what they're asking for uh yeah i mean he he's a he's a player that you definitely could keep in dallas for several years as a as a backup with uh and and future starter so i i like what i've seen from him it's what you'd expect from a player who who, who's not getting a lot of playing time well uh and by the way for folks joining us please send in your comments your questions help us shape the conversation what did you see what did you take away from that disappointing loss at rsl um you know one of the questions is uh, obviously this one damages playoff hopes for fc dallas it's one of those kind of six pointer type games they say but um you know there's still always something to play for and there's still plenty of room to make up some some stand and we can suspect that rsl is going to struggle at some point down down the stretch i mean they don't have a Head coach, uh, they have an interim right now, uh, and and FC Dallas had a chance even late to maybe get something going or you know get that tie goal, but hey, it didn't work out. What 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 are your guts right now? What are you, after after this loss at RSL, Ben? Is FC Dallas a playoff team? Oh gosh, I mean, if they don't win this weekend, no, they're not. Um, I, you know, I. Didn't watch the game. I did watch the highlights, though. And, you know, Jesus Ferrer is a baller. I mean, he, he, he has had a comeback season after, um, you know, a definite sophomore slump last year. So, you know, I mean, he might be able might be able to carry him over the hump this weekend. That would be that would be pretty big deal. I mean, like, I honestly, I don't see a way for him to make the playoffs if they don't take you know, the full three against San Jose. There are just too many people ahead of them, and that's one of them. You know, you beat San Jose this weekend, and then, you know, you leapfrog them, and and now you're talking. Now you've got to bring back in, you know, a, a couple couple teams instead of, you know, three. Or bring back in three teams instead of four. So, you know, starting to run out of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if, if if they can get a result, maybe not necessarily three, but you don't want to you don't want to lose, you don't want to lose. You want to stay near the playoff line, and and points are a must. Uh, and I think we have to be excited that Jesus is looks to be in form. I mean, Jesus is tearing it up, and you have to wonder. You have to wonder if that's the key, you know, getting Jesus in form. Hopefully, 
Pepe returns and doesn't lose any form, which is the big concern. Because if you have Jesus and, and, and Pepe both in form, the points will come. I, the concern for me is the wings. I mean, I know I know Ben and everyone else is, you know, are down on Hara and stuff, but, I mean, our wings completely disappeared against RSL. We got very little that's, from O'Brien or from Paxson, who... That's because they're playing not 100%. with Hara. It's probably not 100%, you know, but, I mean... Obreon touched the ball like 22 times the entire match, and that's that's just that's like Lama disappearing at right there, mm. you know. And, and you can't have that. You can't have that from your wings. So Chewy did the best he could to carry team over the line, but you know that's where that's where you lose where you miss someone like Pepe, you know, comes in and takes the pressure off the wings, and and, get, and they can operate because the defense is focusing on, on the hot hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I think I'm with you. I, I, I don't, you know, there's there's an aspect of this that you maybe in another season, you just say, hey, we lost away. It was a closer game. We, we made something of it. We can take positives and go on. But the, the yeah, the margins are razor thin right now. And so uh, the team has to go in every game at this point, trying to get points somehow. Um, whatever way they can. I mean, let, let's just talk about this defense a little bit. Uh, beginning of the season, it was the offense that wasn't clicking. Uh, of course, bring in Pepe. Jesus gets going, gets healthy, gets going. Uh, Shun gets going. Uh, Paxson resurges. We have something. Um, I, I, We can talk about Obreon later at some other point. I'm just not sold. I'm still not seeing a whole lot from him Um other than a, a nice bench player, a nice roster piece. Um, but what's up with this defense? This defense was supposed to be the one thing that you had uh, Brisson returning, you had Hedges, uh, and, you know, Brian, Ryan Hollingshead was great, you know, but, of course, right back was a bit of a toss-up, but we've seen we've seen a few guys there. Um just what's up with this defense? Uh, and, and I guess the easiest answer is injuries, right? We just have not been able to see a consistent, healthy back line f- get into rhythm. Um, and, and Nor have we always seen a consistent midfield kind of there to help them out and build rapport with them. Is that is that okay to say? Is that what you all – would you – Ben, Jose, would you agree with me? I agree. I mean – and. Let's face it, you know, Tuomasi and, and and Tafari struggled this in this match. And that has to do with simply teams getting more tape on them, game planning more for them, you know. That's where where you're gonna have some teams are gonna be able to take fine little things and 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 let's face it, they're not gonna come at hedges and and Hollingshead, they're going to come at Tuomasi and Tafari. And, and RSL did a good job there this time. And, and you can bet that San Jose and everybody else is going to try to mimic, you know, whatever they see on tape and say, hey, you know, I, I myself, my problem with Tuomasi is, is while he's shown a good propensity to time his runs going forward and coming back on defense, 
I still think his speed is less than ideal, and I've seen him get beat trying to get back. If he doesn't get the timing right, to me, I haven't seen that he's got the recovery speed to come back and help on defense. And you saw this against RSL where he had he had nothing. He had he had no tackles, no interceptions, no no clearances. I mean, I don't think he had a single defensive action. And I mean, is that because he was asked to stay forward, which of course Lucci will do from time to time, but you would still think that he'd be able to do something. And I just think it's that it's 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 you know the 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 team's timing his runs and figuring out that hey, sure he can come forward, but if we get him to come too far forward, he's just not fast enough to get back and scramble back on defense. And we can overload that side. And I think you saw that a little. And, 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 mm-hmm. and like I said, I, um, I want to see Che back there. I'm sorry. I, I know people can whine about him not being a real right back, but he's a really good uh, defensive player, regardless of what position you play him in. And, and we really did miss his – and the kid averages about three interceptions a match. We could have used those against RSL. Mm. So, Yeah. I, that's that's my th- and my take and of course like I said the young guys, uh, Cyril Cervinia struggled and and I think you'll see Kenyon get back in there and, and start getting more you know getting back to a starting spot as he as he played some hopefully he's getting back to 100. percent Yeah, I can agree with that. I've been ready for Shay to come back uh, since he got got healthy. Um, you know, Tomasi is just. You know, a, a replacement level backup at right yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had shown that before even we got to this last stretch of games where he's perhaps performed less than replacement level um, at the position. And, you know, Justin Che just play, had played lights out like the last three games before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, his learning curve, you know, was 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 fast. Um and you know we're not really seeing that with uh, with Tomasi. So I mean, it's just, it's an overdue shift in in my opinion. I agree. I mean, I think just the athleticism. I mean, this kid Che is is getting interest. Um, you know, for for a permanent transfer from Bayern Munich, they see something in him. Um, maybe he just wasn't quite there yet, uh, fitness wise, to go against Real Salt Lake, but I think the team missed him. They missed his athleticism, and um, it, it, it's tough. I, yeah, I, uh, I I don't know what the future is for Tomasi past this season. Um, yeah, uh, disappointing there. But but I, I think, too, uh, Ryan Hollingshead has looked tired. He just hasn't looked as sharp as, as he normally can be. I don't know if he's just put in the extra effort during this time and he's just getting worn down. Um, uh, we haven't, you know, we haven't seen, uh, I don't know. Hedges has had the time to build up a good relationship with Tafari yet. And, you know, and it's just, there's so many questions. Uh, and then again, the midfield, uh, as you say, so Queen and I think would help. I think he would. I'm help. not, a, I mean, I'm not, not, completely down on Tomas. I mean, it is his first year playing at that position. And I think going forward, once Che is gone, and whether it be in the winter or maybe he stays another year, who knows, 
Link Tuomasi is your Tuomasi Munjoma will be your guys playing, you know, competing at right back, and they're going to be serviceable right backs. But they're going to be your your solid MLS type level players until guys like you know Colin Smith comes up and is given a shot to be the starter. Another freak athlete converted to right back, learning the ropes in North Texas, and eventually, yeah. Once, once Chase gone, you can bet that they're going to want to bring in Colin Smith because that type of athlete-speed combination at that position sells. So I think Tomasi and, 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 and Munjama are going to be your long-term running back answers. And and, and I think Tomasi is, has done okay here and there, but I think it's clear to see that, that teams are game planning around him and – FC Dallas is simply going to have to pick their matchups. I, I I think he'll play some against some teams and and sit against others. Well, well let's shift focus now. Um, we've talked about FC Dallas. Uh, we'll come back to that uh, in just a moment as we think about the coming game against San Jose, which we've already discussed a little bit. Let's let's dip over to the United States men's national team, and um, pri- we can primarily focus on the one one to the draw. One goal versus one goal there against Canada. Um, but, of course, there was also the draw in El Salvador, which some fans were panicky about. But I think, you know, it's always tough to play away in CONCACAF games. It's just it's just nutty. It's just a strange environment um, at times and a strange situation. But to come back home in Nashville, playing in front of your own crowd, you go up one nothing, uh, not looking particularly great, but but you, you you come up with a goal and it's a nice goal. Um, Brendan Brendan Aronson uh, tapping it in on the cross, but you know then you give up the goal and and then struggle to generate some more. And, and for us FC Dallas fans, Ricardo Pepe has made z- zero minutes in either of these two matches. Uh, is the sky falling for the United States men's national team? I just want to hear your opinions. Uh, ben, I- I'll go with Jose first, then Ben, I want to hear from you, and I want you just to, to let us have it. Okay, but Jose, go. Well, I mean, I think people are right to be disappointed with the Canada loss. I mean, withdraw, excuse me, which feels like a loss, by the way, because people were saying, hey, you know, um, the Salvador, El Salvador draw is okay as long as they win against Canada at home. you got to win the home games. They failed to do that. So that's what hurts is you, you've been pitching as a must-win. You know, it's okay to draw on the road. It's not okay to draw at home. That's a that's a win for Canada. Canada is celebrating going uh, to Nashville and walking out of there with a point. There's no, you know, they should be concerned. And, and the concern is this, is... In the goal, when it when 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 the U.S. scored the goal, they do they did it through some fabulous team play. That was an excellent all-around team combo. You know, the passing was beautiful. That's pretty much about the only time we saw it. And and, and all this talent that the U.S. clearly has, it looks like individual talent right now, as opposed to team. It doesn't look like a, a cohesive team. It looks like an all-star team. Mm. You know, you got a good player over here, a good player over there, and, and, and they play well by themselves, but 
you didn't it didn't look like a cohesive unit. That's what you saw against El Salvador. El Salvador looked like a cohesive unit. They they had their roles defined. You, you saw one American player get the ball, and he had at least a wave of one, two, three. He had waves of El Salvador players coming at him at different times and, and, and different paces, and the U.S. couldn't match that because El Salvador was playing as an actual team. Same thing with Canada. I mean, it, it just... The U.S. looks like, like I said, like an all-star team. They don't they look like a team that... We're not seeing what we saw when they won the last two tournaments. You know, even then, despite what people were complaining, you know, they were playing excellent defense. They weren't allowing any goals. They were getting the, the you know, you weren't seeing those breakdowns on defense. And, and of course, uh, I've told you guys before, this is a great tournament for uh, uh, Reggie Cannon and, and Shaq, you know, Shaq Moore, that, Everybody is either asking for one or the other and saying, wow, we could really use one of those guys right now. Because I know, you know, all the Yedlin fans, they, they get upset with me when I say, hey, Yedlin's not a great defender. He's a great guy if you're going to be attacking going forward. But his history on defense is he's always going to get mm. give up something at some point, whether it's a risky risky tackle or, or, or mistimed assignment. That's just his history, you know. He hasn't done anything to change that. Great athlete, great speed, good attacker, suspect defender. Always has, always will be. Yes, he's got a ton of ton of experience and should do better. And I'm not trying to blame it on him, but you can't be surprised that came. He got and, scorched. And I, he I'm got... just saying, it's, it's just I counting on Davies. one player also. Yeah, someone's... I saw someone said I don't even need to make I don't even need to ridicule I don't need to you know make a joke about about Yedlin because Davies' performance against him Davies the way Davies treated him did enough it was more than enough. Oh, yeah, man. but again, not to blame it all on on Yedlin. You also have to remember that it was bad team defense because somebody had to leave that attacker unmarked once mm -hmm. Davis you know beat Yedlin around the corner. And completely unmarked in front of goal. I mean, it's that's just what it's getting to. A lot of really good individual players, but as a team, we're seeing the team struggle to come together as a cohesive all-around unit. All right, Ben. Man, I am so pumped for Reem and uh, Jackson Yule to start down in, in San Pedro Sula. It's going to be great. Mm. I mean, like nothing could go wrong, right? <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of players that would have got brought in. Um, I think of like maybe like three or four that were trying to sort out their club situation uh, late in the transfer window. Uh, you know, you got, you got Reggie Cannon; he would come in handy. Uh, Matthew Hoppy; he would probably come in handy. Um, probably somebody else. I'm not. Oh, Chris Richards. Yeah, I mean, like. He definitely would be a speedier option at that left center back spot, which, you know, I guess Canada would have been ha handy and I mean, probably would just be just generally handy. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's probably like the fifth, sixth and seventh hardest fixtures um, this this period. 
maybe maybe El Salvador's eight. I actually think El, Sal- El Salvador will probably uh, you know be in the running for qualification until the very end. May even beat the United States out. Um, but you know, I mean, the the sky isn't falling. Other than you know, like wonder. I wonder if you know a uh, better coach. Uh, maybe keeps Weston McKinney from falling astray uh, over the break. Um, I wonder if a better coach yeah. wouldn't be calling in Jackson Ewell to replace McKinney and Reyna and Dest, because uh, I mean, quite honestly, that just doesn't doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, absolutely, absolutely zero sense. I mean, I think the fans are concerned because. You're losing McKinney, and you know even if you agree that it's the right move, you're replacing him with a, a Yule who's if I if I got this correct, he's more of a defensive-minded midfielder. When your attack is struggling to create, your answer is to replace McKinney with a guy who's gonna shore up your defense. I don't know. It, it's you know as a fan, you got a right to say hey. Like you said, you know, we've got Hoppy out there. We've got, we have other options to bring in when your attack is struggling to try to bring in creators, and that's not what you bring in. So does this mean that, okay, now we're going to be afraid to lose? We're going to try to draw every match and hopefully pull out a one-goal win? I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's it's very concerning for, for U.S. fans. I mean, uh, the whole the whole thing with, with uh, Yule is he's kind of like trap in the sense that, you know, in theory, he's what they would call a regista. You know, somebody who's good at passing from from deep, but you know, much like Trap, he's not very good defending. So, you know, putting him back there for you know a team bunkering might make sense until they counterattack and he's nowhere to be found, or get blown up, blown by, or they decide to press him and he can't shake his press or runs into you know other people trying to help the back line break the press and just clogs at the middle you know he's just not very good at the international level <laughs> um and has several major deficiencies that could get you beat um and he showed that against honduras in the nation's league and he showed poorly in the gold cup so it's really a head scratcher and also also shouldn't he have brought more than one player up i mean we we do have several guys injured also, so yeah. you only bring in one player. That's the other thing that's confusing. It's a lot. I mean, and you know, maybe you look at club schedules. Maybe some clubs wouldn't release guys. Maybe Jesus is exhausted and and you know just needs a needs the week to rest up. But uh, you it's know, an, I, it's an international window. They have to release clubs are are are, are mandated mm-hmm. to release players. So yep. if uh, I imagine Jesus that, would be a, a welcome body in there. Uh, even if you just bring him off the bench, but uh, all right. Well, you know, Greg sees him as a striker, as a false nine striker. So, you know. Yeah. Well, we're we're left with questions, and yeah, there's a lot of drama, a lot of drama in this one. Um, so let's let's say now. Now, for me, I think if if the U.S. Uh, draws Honduras, if they just eke out a draw. Um, yeah, three points from the first three matches, not great uh, at all. I, I don't know that they're going to make a change away from Berhalter right away. I think 
because uh, I was, uh, you know, listening in uh, last night on another uh, soccer show, and 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 it was a good question raised. Like, who do you go if if you decide that Burhalter is just not working, and you've got to intervene in the World Cup qualifying? cycle a little earlier than you did last time to try to save uh you know who do you go to like what major league soccer coach do you turn to i mean you're not you're not going to go to bruce arena and he he wouldn't leave new england right now um you know uh uh, bob bradley uh, maybe you pry him away from lafc but i'm not sure he's going to fix this and lafc haven't looked particularly great i mean oscar Perea, can you convince him to to come uh is there an international coach i I thought it was a good question what do you do if 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 the u.s especially if they lose against honduras what does u.s soccer do about burhalter um well i mean i tell you what they're gonna do um regardless win lose or draw burhalter is gonna stay I mean, if they do at any point make a coaching change, it will be almost certainly too late by the time they do. Um, I've been saying it from the beginning. He wouldn't have been considered for the job if not for the fact that his brother ran the Fed and because he had deep connections to the uh, uh, U.S. Federation. He didn't have any qualifications that made him stand out. You know, other than, you know, a mediocre run as the Columbus crew head coach, you know, his other coaching position was getting fired in the Swedish second division. So, yeah, um, they, that's that's their guy. You know, they're going to stick with that and not want to lose face early on it, um, you know. And uh, to his credit, it seems like the players players like him. Like him. Um, now, that could be just because the reporting is lazier now. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I mean, like, I don't know what to say, like, don't count on a coaching change between now and November, you know, I, I have to agree with this simply because winning the gold cup, winning the nation's league has bottom that pass. I think he'll be given every opportunity to go out there and earn the qualification you know, and and he would literally have to blow it completely. It, for him to get removed, it's very simple. They fail to qualify, and then and then they have an excuse to get rid of him. But you know, having won, you know, gold cup and nation league, and mind you, one of those tournaments they were clearly uh, they they ran out an inferior team, and still won it. That's bottom. Uh, get out of jail free card right now and, and and let's face it he hasn't lost since i don't know when so even though we're all panicking because they're draws he still hasn't blown a game good point so good so point. that's going to go a long ways give him a lot of leeway and they're simply going to say hey the next three after the after honduras game when we go at it again in october you you really everyone's going to be harping on his lineup that he brings in because they're going to say hey look at how even even if they get a point at Honduras everyone's going to be saying look at your lineup fix it don't some of those guys better not be called back well if he i mean if he can pull out a win at Honduras obviously 
you know, uh, a lot of the dissent will be quelled and, you know, five points from three matches is, uh, you know, I think you take it. Yeah. Very acceptable. You take it, you're on track. I mean, it's tough place to play. I mean, it's not impossible. I, 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 my theory still is you want to win, you start Pepe. I I think Pepe is probably, uh, my preferred striker on, on the lineup. I like, uh, uh, PFOC. Is that, is that his name? Um, I like some of the skills he brings in as his presence and stuff, but it just doesn't, I, you know, the whole team, you're right. It's it's not clicking. So maybe there's a benefit. We don't want Pepe to get out there and struggle and lose confidence for a while. I I don't know. I'm going to say something about Pepe and and why they should start him or whatnot, but I'm sure Pepe isn't really blowing him away in practice or, or anything like that. There's some players where you're like, even people that don't follow Dallas, and see Pepe for the first time, they're like, this guy doesn't stand out. He doesn't hold up plays and all that great. He's not really fast. And then he, he just scores. And he scores. And the one player that comes to mind, and, and he's not a similar player, just just that he's a player that you say he's not that impressive, and he just scores. It makes me think of Wondolowski. You know, Wando, who I've never been impressed with a guy, but you know he's going to score. Now, Pepe's a young guy, so he can elevate past that. But right now, I think that's what people are saying. You know, maybe he's not blown away in, in, in training. Who cares? Start the kid. The kid is a killer on the pitch, and, and he finds a way to put the ball in the net. He makes the most of his opportunities, and that's all you want from your striker. Forget about is he the highest leaper, is he the fastest, best athlete. No, he's your best scorer. That guy just knows how to finish, and that's all you want from your striker. Not, you know, oh, you know, they, they hit the pose. No, put Pepe in there. And I think that's the problem. Uh, and like I said, give him 10 minutes. You know, get him in there, give him give him a shot. I was hoping, you know, I was disappointed when, when, when the late, you know, everybody was, I'm sure. But it's like, at yeah. that point, why not give the kid a shot? Mm-hmm. I mean, to go back to Greg Berhalter's deficiencies, which, believe me, there there are plenty of them. Uh, like, another one was that he was coming into this team that had, like, a new generation of players. A lot of young players. His track record with young players pretty much um, extended to Will Trap, And that was it. But also, but, you know, I, I want to add that, that a lot of those players in El Salvador appeared like they were, t- get, you know, they played like a team that was playing a CONCACAF match for the first time. A lot of those, oh, they're European. This and Honestly, they, they, they seemed a little shell-shocked in all honesty. And, and you better, they better not play like that at Honduras. <laughs> they're going to get run out of the park. Yeah. So, so that's the one thing that I wanted to add is, is I was stunned by that. In all honesty, everybody's like, oh, Europe, much better players, much better stadiums. You gotta. Concacaf is a whole different beast, and 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 you know it's intimidating. You know it's intimidating. You've got hostile crowds, bad pitches, horrible weather. It is suffocating, and you have to learn to deal with it because you know the the players that you're playing up against are right at home. Well, let's let's leave uh, United States men's 
talk. We'll certainly have more to talk about next week along those lines, and hopefully it's good news But um, for the U.S. program's sake. But let's just go in. Uh, FC Dallas welcomes San Jose this weekend. We've already talked about how this is a must-win game. Uh, I, I think Pepe will be back, uh, you know, barring a him playing a... In all 90 minutes, um, you know, against Honduras or something, and just putting his putting his body on the line. I think we're going to have Pepe back in the lineup, which will be a big boost. Um, maybe Shun as well. I'm not sure about his schedule, but um, this is this this these are the games which will test this team and whether how hungry they are to fight for a playoff spot. Um, what what do you guys think it is uh i hate just to do predictions but uh, <laughs> uh give me a sense of uh of, of your gut feeling about this san jose match i think i think if the dallas will find a, a way to get the three points i don't think it's gonna be pretty but i think they can pull it off and like you said it's a must win not not just because it's a home match but because there's three road matches following this home match so i mean it, it truly is a must win match in every sense of the words so i i think for me as a fan i'll be watching for that intensity you know when 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 you when you play a rival when you play a, a key match you want to see the players fired up and and scrapping and scratching for everything and that's I think Dallas will bring it, and I think they'll get the three. Ben? Uh, I mean, I, I have to withhold judgment until I see whether Hara starts or not. <laughs> I mean, we're not, that's we're not, it right there, right? If Hara I mean, starts. Yeah, uh, they're not going to win. Uh, I, my evidence is he started nine games this year, and they haven't won any of them. <laughs> so that's pretty pretty good bet, pretty solid bet. <laughs> Take that to the bank. All right. Well, <laughs> if Pepe gets gets if Pepe starts, yeah. All right. I'm I with mean, you. It doesn't have to be Pepe. It just has to be not Hara. Mm. Well, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. I think um, I think uh, I I think it's time to to go with the hot hands. Uh, and and Obreon even uh, um, at, unless you know you just don't have an option like Paxson needs to sit or or Shun needs to sit. Uh, I just I, I want to see their our youngest and players at work again. I hope Queen Own gets a start as well. Um, I hope Brian Acosta picks up a knock. <laughs> All right, anyway. Ben's right there with you. I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, like after the last two weeks, eh. <laughs> I'm yeah. not so sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. I mean, just just take him off set pieces for Christ's sake. He's yeah. no good at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's I mean, that's that's it. That's all I ask. Hopefully, Jim and Mar gets healthy. We just need we need some guys to get healthy, and we'll see uh, and put together a complete performance and get this team back on track. We still there's still time. Well, uh, in North Texas SC, we, we talked about it's not a great weekend for FC Dallas fans and North Texas fans. Uh, North Texas SC at home managed only a draw. Uh, not a great result for them. Uh, anything you want to add about that, Jose? 
Yeah, I mean, well, they they still have their eight match unbeaten streak. That's the good news. They're still on the dog pile for that third spot. Although they could have solidified themselves as the sole third place team with a win. And you know, it's just I think I think Tucson was they came in on a three game a three match winning streak and they have gotten a draw at North Texas before. But if you saw the match, it just seemed like a lapse. You know, they, 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 North Texas scored, and a minute later, Tucson scored. And that's just, you get that a lot with young teams where they say, hey, you know, the first couple of minutes after you score are always the most dangerous. And you see it repeated time and time again. And, and it, that's what happened at North Texas. And, you know, they, I still think they're a playoff team. And, and to me, it's, it's just where they're going to land. You know, they had a really good chance to, to, Claim a stake for number three, and now they're just back in the in the in the. Like you said, it's just a dog pile. There's like six or seven teams that are all right there with the point of each other. So, I I'm just disappointed because usually when Dallas loses, I like a good North Texas win will you know soften the blow, and I didn't get that this weekend. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's let's let you enjoy the rest of your Labor Day long weekend. Um, it's uh, and and hope for better uh, better results this week for the United States Men's National Team and for FC Dallas and North Texas. Thanks everybody for joining us. Remember, you can follow us wherever you find podcasts as well. If you didn't get to catch us live, and we'll be back Monday night. Uh, if, if the internet works, I'll be back. Hopefully live. in a more cheerful mood. And hopefully more <laughs> cheerful mood, that's right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Ciao.